0: King is Here, which kicked off our Epiphany season last time, last podcast, and its themes run through the Feast of the Epiphany, through the Feast of Baptism, to the second Sunday after the Epiphany, and really for the whole Epiphany season, and it's a song that if you want to learn what Lutheran and Hymnody is, learn that song for the Epiphany season because it captures it well. Welcome again to the Christ the King podcast. This is Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod coming to you this 9th of January, the second Sunday already, of 2022. And today we are set to celebrate another feast of the church year. We've had a ton of feasts lately, and this one is the feast of the baptism of our Lord. Now, normally, this church year, we've been kind of going through the congregation at prayer and the divine service catechesis on there. We will get back to that starting next week, but my voice has not yet fully recovered from being sick, and so we're going to put that off for another week. And instead, today, we're going to turn right away to our matin service and the hymn of invocation baptized into thy name most holy. thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The Lord, the King of Martyrs, O come, let us worship him.
1: O come, let us worship him unto the Lord let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him Is his also. is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our The people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world.
0: The Lord, the King of Martyrs, O come, let us worship him. The Lord, the ruler, has come, and the kingdom and the power and the glory are in his hand. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil have I anointed him. He shall cry unto me, Thou art my father, my God and the rock of my salvation. Also I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of the earth. My mercy will I keep for him forevermore and my covenant shall stand fast with him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Behold, the Lord the Ruler has come, and the kingdom and the power and the glory are in his hand. I have found David my servant, with my holy oil have I anointed him. The Old Testament lesson for the baptism of our Lord is written in the forty second chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the first verse: "Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit on him; he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout, nor raise his voice, nor cause it to be heard in the street. He won't break a bruised reed. He won't quench a dimly burning wick. He will faithfully bring justice. He will not fail nor be discouraged until he has set justice in the earth and the islands wait for his law. God the Lord, he who created the heavens and stretched them out, he who spread out the earth and that which comes out of it, he who gives breath to its people and spirit to those who walk in it, says... I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will hold your hand, I will keep you, and make you a covenant for the people as a light for the nations, to open the blind eyes, to bring the prisoners out of the dungeon, and those who sit in darkness out of the prison. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Epistle is written in the first chapter of the first epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the 26th verse. "'For you see your calling, brothers, not that many are wise according to the flesh, not many bright, and not many noble. But God chose the foolish things of the world that he might put to shame those who are wise. God chose the weak things of the world that he might put to shame the things that are strong.' God chose the lowly things of the world and the things that are despised and the things that don't exist that he might bring to nothing the things that exist that no flesh should boast before God because of him you are in Christ Jesus who has made to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that as it is written he who boasts Let him boast in the Lord. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and Amen. Alleluia. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John, to be baptized by him. But John would have hindered him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. But Jesus answering said to him, Allow it now. For this is the fitting way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Jesus, when he was baptized, went up directly from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. He saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and coming to him. Behold, a voice out of the heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Epiphany is all about Jesus manifesting, that is, revealing himself in the flesh as the Son of God. As the Holy Spirit descends, it is these words of the Father revealing his Son in the flesh, which ring through the Epiphany season from the height of today at our Lord's baptism to the mountaintop height of our Lord's transfiguration. Yet in the church of Corinth, the baptized, they were less interested in how Christ was revealed in the flesh and more interested in revealing who they were. They were more interested in boasting of themselves than of boasting in Christ. In Corinth, those of the church there felt they had plenty to boast about. Because in Corinth, there were the brightest of the Greek minds and the highest of the Greek morals. Along with that, there was an influx of Eastern religions which gave them much diversity of thought and belief. So then the Corinthians, they knew who they were, or at least they thought they knew who they were. They were smarter. They were better. They were more open-minded. So much did they lavish in the acceptance of this diversity That it even led to divisions and quarreling in the church. Divisions over who was wiser, who was more foolish, over who was better to follow, Peter, Paul, or Apollos. Yet despite all their boasting in themselves, Paul knew all too well. In fact, as we look at our epistle text this morning, we will find that despite our pride in our own wisdom, our pride in our own strength, our pride in being open-minded as the world teaches us, we'll find that even though Paul wrote this letter 2,000 years ago, he knows us all too well also. He might as well have been writing this letter to us yesterday. So St. Paul tells the Corinthians and us, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards, that is, by the flesh. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. It's as if St. Paul looked at the Corinthians, or even looked at us, as we boast about ourselves, as we brag about ourselves, and he looks at us and says, That's, that's what you're proud of, huh? That's really what you're going to go with. You're really going to brag that you're wise, powerful, noble. That's the direction you're going to take this. Because I know you very, very well. And if that's the direction you're going, good luck with that. What Paul here is doing is putting the Corinthians... And putting us in our place look around you in your church does everyone here want to brag about your wisdom how many here have phds how many here have master's degrees i'm one of them that has a master's degree but it's in theology in an lcms seminary If this pastor gig doesn't work out for me, that master's degree, that doesn't mean squat outside of here. Many eh, in church, many do have a college education, but eh, a lot of people do. It doesn't really say much about you today. And these people, those of us that we're talking about here, are academically the smartest or the wisest of us. Again, look around you in church. Who here has power? Who here is born into a, a powerful family or is well connected? And I don't just mean like Spencer well connected or Northwest Iowa well connected. I mean well connected. Washington DC, political well connected, or movie industry, or or business mogul, well connected, or you know, culturally, New York well connected. Even here in Spencer, just who here in our congregation is Iowa, so to speak, well-connected? Who can brag? What about Missouri Synod-connected? Who here is well-connected to the Missouri Synod? And even if you are, it doesn't mean anything outside of our church walls. So then, do any of us here really want to brag on being wise or powerful or noble, as if it makes us better than our brothers in the pews? And even if you could say that you possess these things among other men. Even if, you, even if you did have these, that people would say, yeah, that makes you better than your brother. Still ask yourself, in all your wisdom, in all your own wisdom, did you come to know God on your own? In all your power, have you done any work at all that's impressed God? In all your nobility, or being well connected, has that allowed you to escape or conquer the curse of Adam? Has it allowed you allowed you to escape the sin in which you were conceived, and were close so is this the stuff we really want to brag on ourselves about? Because my dear congregation, I know you very, very well, and all of you, you know me at this point. Very, very well. And if this is all we have to brag about, if this is what is worth division in the church and quarreling with our brothers in Christ about, then we are doomed. Because if that's all we have to brag about, we're hopeless. Because (laughs) in wisdom, power, nobility, We fail even by worldly standards. But even worse than that, we fail by all divine standards as set forth in the commandments. If we brag about and in ourselves, we have no redemption. Because when the Father said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased, He said that to one man and one man only. And it wasn't to you in all your wisdom or power or nobility in and of your own flesh. Yet here, St. Paul again, as he continues, he says, For consider your calling, brothers. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not. To bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and our sanctification and redemption. Consider your calling. That is, consider why called you by the gospel and brought you into the church in baptism. He chose you because you were foolish. He chose you because you were weak. He chose you because you were low and despised in the world. And that is how God conquered the flesh, the world, and the devil with the foolish, the weak, and the despised. We see this in the gospel today. Look at the gospel. From the waters in the Jordan rose a man who was born to a lowly virgin. He was weak because although he was of the lineage of David, his parents had no connection with Rome or other royalty of the day. He was despised by all because he was from good-for-nothing Nazareth. He was foolish because although he had no sin, still he allowed himself to be counted among sinners in John's baptism. Not even the Pharisees would allow themselves to be counted with sinners. But here, Jesus does. God takes this lowly man, this lowly, despised, weak, and foolish man, and proclaims, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. But it's more than that, of course, because God, in his foolishness, had sent his Son to become incarnate in humility to defeat sin, death, and the devil. God, in his foolishness, had his son counted among sinners to carry the weight of the world's sin to the cross. He had his son hang on a cross, a cross invented by men to torture and kill other men. He had his son hang on the cross as he was despised and pitied by all. As the Father poured his divine wrath out on his Son till the last drop was poured out. Here was the Son of God, the lowest and despised of all creatures, foolishly going to the cross to defeat death with death. That sounds utterly foolish. But that's exactly what happens. That's just what he does. The Son of God foolishly became incarnate to shame the wise serpent. The Son of God became weak on the cross to crush the powerful serpent's head. He became low and despised to bring to nothing the reign of sin, death, and the devil that was. Because he who died on the cross is the word of God incarnate, the wisdom of God incarnate. Because the one who was weak on the cross was the mighty Lord of heavenly armies Who is strong to save? Because he who hung on the cross was not just of noble birth of the lineage lineage of David, but he was of divine birth, conceived by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. Because the foolishness of God, you see, is wiser than the wisdom of men and the world. So what the world sees is foolish on the cross and weak. What was on the cross there was the wisdom of God the power of God to save. In and of yourself, by your own flesh, you have nothing of which you can boast of in the presence of God. Absolutely nothing. In and of yourself, there are no heavens opening. There's no dove descending. There's no word saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. But baptized into Christ, you have everything of which to boast. Baptized into Christ, He becomes your wisdom, your righteousness, your power, your sanctification. That is to say, your holy and noble rebirth in the Spirit and the water. We who were foolish and weak and sons of Adam, baptized. We now as one boast in the Lord who is our wisdom, righteousness, and holiness. His death is your redemption. His death is your victory. And just as God used the foolishness of the cross to defeat sin, death, and the devil, he continues to conquer even today in the same way. He chose you who were foolish to be baptized in his son to shame the wise of the world. We've seen this just a couple weeks ago with St. Stephen. He chose you who were weak to be baptized in his son to shame the mighty. Look at all of church history. The church has always been considered weak. Yet she has surpassed and outlived the Roman Empire and every empire in the past two millennia. He chose you who were lowly, despised, who had been brought to nothing to be baptized in his Son, to shame those who are and who think that they are something. For it is only by being shown their sin that those in darkness can be brought to nothing, brought in humility to repentance, and there given the shining light of the gospel. We saw that with the Magi on Epiphany. Baptized in Christ and only in Christ does God now look at you in the font and say, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Baptized in Christ, that's now what God says to you. That's his verdict on you. You are my beloved son in whom I am now pleased. So now baptized into Christ. Now as a son of God, Paul wants to make sure you are aware of the temptation of boasting in yourself. He wants to make sure you are aware what happens if we boast in ourselves. If you boast in your own wisdom, do you not also boast against the wisdom of Christ and the foolishness of God, which is wiser than men? If you boast in your own strength, do you not also boast against the strength of the cross? If you boast of your own birth, do you not also boast against the birth of Christ conceived by the Holy Spirit? Do you not also boast against your rebirth in the waters and the Spirit? If you boast of your life here and now, do you not also boast against your very redemption, against his victory on the cross? Consider all this. If you boast in your own wisdom and strength, you then divide yourself from the waters of baptism and set yourself up against the wisdom and strength which is supposed to be yours there in Christ. If you boast of your birth, you take yourself out of your baptism. If you boast of your own life here and against his victory, you boast to your own defeat. That is why St. Paul says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Therefore, in humility and repentance, in baptism, we boast in Christ. In the end, it is only when we boast in Christ and claim him to be our wisdom and righteousness and holiness, it is only when we boast in Christ and stay in our baptism united to Christ when our Father in heaven will say to us, we'll look at you and say, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. It is only in Christ, only in baptism, where that verdict is rendered on you. The verdict which rings through this epiphany season. So come to the supper today, dearly beloved sons of God. And here at the rail, let us boast together in the flesh and blood of our Lord as one people in Him. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O God, our Heavenly Father, whose voice was heard at the baptism of your only begotten Son, declaring him to be the one with whom you are well pleased, pour down your Holy Spirit upon your faithful people, that we may rejoice in the same sonship that we have received from you through our baptism into Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son, and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you, so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace." All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work, and when our last hour shall come. Support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father. Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with Thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by Thy governance, may be righteous in Thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, Thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with Thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end, amen we give thanks unto thee heavenly father through jesus christ thy dear son that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm and we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil that in all our thoughts words and deeds we may serve and please thee into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls for this Matins podcast this morning and you're invited to join us again next week for our next podcast as we look to celebrate the second Sunday after Epiphany. Now, a reminder to all our hearers that this podcast is to help supplement your devotional life for those who can't make it to church from physical ailments or COVID. Please feel free to use us on Sunday morning. However, if you can make it to church, do so and use this podcast simply as devotional. And with that, I'd remind everyone that we have a backlog, a catalog of over a hundred Matins and Vespers podcasts, which you can enjoy at any time on this podcast. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for the podcast or want to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.